Part eleven of the Fates of the Princes of Dovard by Kenneth Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Story of Pool and Rhiannon, or the Book of the Three Trials. The third branch of it, and the name of this branch, the coming of Abkil Coid, and the Three Trials of Pool Penannon. Two. The Hosting of the Armies of Malen Rudgokren. It happened to many of the Demesians to desire to take their place on the throne on Gorseth Arbeth in those days, and it was permitted to them to take it. Until Cluid came in, it would be rare for any one to go there without seeing his wonder. His eyes would be gifted with vision there, so that he would become aware of the passing of some god through the evening, or he would hear Pleneth harping in the sun at noon. Until then, it was the best of men that had had the desire to go there, and if they were good men before their going, they were much better after it, as would be natural after seeing and maybe holding converse with the compassionate family. But from the coming in of Abkilcoid, it was the worst that would be braving Gorseth Arbeth most, and blows and violence would be the commonest fate for them. There might have been no harm in that, but that, as the story relates, whoever encountered the blows and violence, no one would get any good from him after. It was the souring and embittering of minds. They had gone up for the sake of the wonder, considering they had a right to see whatever another might have seen, and envy took them that they should be held of less account. So there grew up sorrow and ill-will, little known theretofore among the kindred of the Cymri, and none knowing that behind it were the quiet workings and incitements of Abkilcoid, except Rhiannon and she opposing him as well as she could. Indeed, Poole too knew a little of it, and there is no telling what Gwaulabclud may have known. A year and a day passed, and again there was anxious gravity to be seen with the princess. Soul, said Poole, for the sake of heaven and man, what will be the cause of the gravity? Nothing could be more desirable to me than to lighten this. Gravity there is, said she, it is the day on which the son of Kilcoid has his power, and that will be the reason for it. It is the day he will be seeking to bring his men into Dovard, if Madogor Dainuel or Katogor Gulton should be on the throne on Gorseth Arbeth between noon and sunset this day. Undoubtedly it would be the empowering Cluid to bring in his armies. Ah, said Poole, I will hold the throne. He rode forward through the grey morning, and came to the valley of Gorseth Arbeth, without meeting any one. In the field below the road at the head of the valley there was a man ploughing. Pool heard voices there, and turning his head, saw the ploughman and a woman talking with him. It seemed to him that they were very proud and kingly of mien, for a countryman and his wife, but he paid little heed to them, his mind being full of watching on the Gorseth and of a certain joy that he would be able to do something against Abkilcoid that day, after his failure a year before. But he heard this much from them as he passed. "'It would be an evil thing if there should be success with us, where none may be desired,' said the woman. "'True is that,' said the ploughman. "'But this is the day, and there's no escaping it. Let the trial be made. If the men and the horses are in readiness, there will be no attainments nor advantage without it.' everything is in readiness said she what has been designed shall be accomplished and may good come of it 
yes yes said he good will come at long last good will come Puil rode on and took his place on the throne an hour before noon by midday he saw smoke rising on the edge of the sky eastward first in one place then in many as he watched slowly the smoke columns became more numerous and rose from places nearer and nearer far off he could see herds driven down into the road from the mountains and taking their way then towards the gorseth and towards arberth carts and wagons began to gather there too with country people women and children and little crowds of people on foot and all hurrying westward there came a horseman thundering along the road at full gallop as he passed the stile he looked up and saw who it was that was on the throne he reined in his horse quickly and dismounted and ran swiftly up the hillside lord said he the greatest host in the world has come up out of morganug and the eastern commotes are laid waste by them would this be the way that cluid was bringing his hosts into duvard pool made no answer nor stirred out of the throne he waved the man away pointing towards arberth the demetians are not hosted said the man and wonder in his voice as he said it again pool pointed towards the city and motioned him that he should go he turned and went grumbling i will take the news to pendarren since there is no help for us with the rightful chieftain or i will take it to catog and Daniel. by heaven there are still men that will not abhor fighting an evil thing truly is this marrying with the unhuman clans he mounted at the stile and rode forward towards arberth pool saw him turn and look back towards himself where he was throned and hatred and open disloyalty on his face during his life he had not heard until then of any disloyalty towards a sovereign ruler in the whole of the islands of the mighty the countrymen and their herds began to pass a long stream of them the women and children to take refuge in the city the men to join the hosting of the demesians that would be going forward it was long before any of them chanced to look up towards the throne on the hill at last when the road was crowded and no gaps between this group and that it happened to a horseman to look up and to stop the ones that rode with him and to them all to raise a great shout when they saw pool he did not stir he remembered that he was to heed nothing nine of them broke from the crowd and came hurrying up the hillside the whole multitude stopping and watching lord said the nine it is an army out of morganog and no pleasure in the world with them but to burn and raid and work injury and harry and destroy and not the guise nor seeming of mortals with them said one stern and proud and terrible as the gods they are and seven cities there burnt to the ground with them they related it to him in confusion it had never happened to him to behold fear on the faces of any of his people before not even on the least and least noble of them they besought him to go with them there would be no true hosting except by the king he made them no answer considering within himself that they would be children of illusion and fantasy and persuading himself of it since the cymri were unacquainted with the nature of fear at that time but he saw the great crowd below watching clear it was that wonder and sorrow were growing upon them when had it happened that a prince of the cymri had been reluctant at the hour of the hosting or had given no answer to those who might desire to be led the nine went back and he saw them give the news of his silence to the people 
a little girl broke out into wailing one of the women turned on her fiercely it might be said and shook her till there was little breath in her body the whole crowd began to move forward again the men with an aspect of sullenness on them the women wailing or quarrelling among themselves never had he either seen or heard the like of this among the demetians and yet the memory of it afflicted his mind all day like flies about the kine in the meadow on the hottest morning in july they passed and the road became empty again and now he could see the army that was coming against Dovard. the valley began to fill with such a host that he had never seen nor dreamed of the like of it since his life began thousands of chariots bright and lofty long-scythed made of brass came streaming along the road innumerable warriors covered the hillsides proud battle-bards in advance with loud-stringed ringing martial harps and with noble and exalted utterance of vocal song and that thunderous with the desire for war it was a strange guise for the men of cluid thought he the grey sky was beginning to bloom into pale primrose in the west when the foremost of them came to the foot of gorseth arbeth he saw a queen at their head of unparalleled warlike dignity she rode in a chariot that seemed to be quickened with immortal flame and for scythes long sprays of scarlet and golden flame budding and shooting from the axles of its wheels sombrely majestic darkly commanding was her aspect the head of her long potent living spear was darkly glowing carmine flame about her proud dark unbending brow the one air quivered into radiance like a fierce empurpled sunset after storm her car stopped at the foot of the gorseth she turned towards the standard-bearer that rode at her right and pointed with her spear towards the hilltop he leaped down from his horse and shook out the folds of his beautiful flag and vaulted lightly over the stile and came swiftly striding up the hill it had never happened to Puel to behold so bright and splendid a banner as the one he was bearing the dragon on it was flame-red and much more than flame-red in colour it was brighter and prouder and more vehement than all the flame in the world it seemed to be rather a living curving rearing beautiful winged one than any semblance painted upon silk proud were its arching glinting wavering neck its sweeping lambent wings its long lithe well-poised terrible tail as for its eyes they gleamed and were living they gave light upon light the whole hillside glowed with ruddy and golden scarlet glory from it whoever might look upon it would be filled with heroic strength and with pure and solid manhood and with the intense desire to have hosts out before him and to be opposing multitudes single-handed and to be reaping the flower of the warriors of the world as for pool himself at the sight of it his soul strained towards the field of conflict nothing would have brought him joy or pleasure or any delight in the world except to ride out without aid against that whole vast army an evil pleasure were this he thought and took his gaze away from the banner he remembered clearly with that the behests and desires of rhiannon and to be holding the hill against abkilcoid until the sun went from the sky the greeting of heaven and of man to you pool penannon 
said the herald he was a tall man fair-haired glorious of face and form his voice was such that whoever might hear it would take delight in him and would desire his companionship so cheerful and pleasant it was he got no more answer than as if he had spoken to the wind it is the war red war queen against the island of the mighty he said courteously she greets you desiring conflicts at your hands from kent to gwent and between gwent and duvard she has met no such warfare as would please her and it would be a cause of reproach and sorrow with her and the bringing about of pining away if she were to leave this island without tasting fighting Puil looked out westward in silence the clouds were wan and primrose coloured there the sun would be near his setting behind them but they were concealing whether he had yet set or not set it will be better to wait thought Pool. subtle are the devices of this abkilcoid thought he i marvel that there should be silence said the herald the queen has heard of the fame of the demetians and that their king was not one to choose peace when war might be offered she sends you the privilege of battle-breaking princes no one might claim that privilege for himself by reason of modesty if he claimed it he would be unworthy of it come you down into the roadway and she will set her champions against you one after the other until such time as the way may be clear for her to go forward as for the hosting of the demetians she herself will send forward heralds to hasten it it is all a trick of cluid ab kilcoid thought pool exceedingly skilful is he truly in devising plans and in proffering temptations and they the most desirable in the world clearly he will not be able to pass while i may remain here upon the throne talking to him was not more profitable than talking to the wind would have been at that time discourteous is this said the herald in my deed to god discourteous it is truly i marvel that the like of it should be found among the cymry he turned and went quickly down towards the road then Pool saw the queen call the bannerman upon her left and he too dismounted and shook out the folds of his flag and began to make his way towards the top of the hill a great sadness came over Pool at that north and east and south he saw the far farms and white quiet homesteads charred and ruined or bursting up into a red brilliance of flame fields where the young wheat had been greener than the beryl stone where it had rippled in long whitening waves under the wind in the morning he now saw trampled down and wholly laid waste like bees at the honey-taking like wasps in the fruit season when their nests may be invaded the remembrance of the shame and anger of the country people when they passed from before him in the morning and he without having heeded them swarmed and angered about his mind bitterly stinging the cause of grief then his eyes were taken with the herald's flag so that he could see nothing else sorrow and disgust and hatred and loathing flowed into his heart at the sight of the heavy burning menace of the dragon on it blood-red it was with sluggish world-encumbering coils the like of it had never been exposed upon the free winds of the island of the mighty on the black cloth of the banner its despicable eyes gleamed and glanced cruelly its lengthened bulk quivered its long merciless jaws were slavered with a foam of smoke and blood and flame whoever might look on it would be smitten with fear and grief 
and with mourning for all that might have fallen in war of those that had been dear to him since the world began looking at it it seemed to pool marvellous that any one should be found to take pleasure in warfare the memory of the burning farms and the waste of the land afflicted him a sadness hard to be endured most of all he thought of the sorrow of widows and their desolation and of the demesians unhosted and of the shame and anger of the people that went from him unanswered in the morning fiercely proud and with vehement anger the herald strode towards him he was a tall dark man of huge limbs of features shapeless and brutal no one would desire either his friendship or his love as to his voice it would be the frightening of maidens and the sorrow of little children to hear the like of it even the best word in the world from him would be ill-hearing it was a marvel to pool that such a one should ever have been sent upon an embassy even by the men of uffern and their princes come down said the herald come down if the woman in the city yonder has not ruined you if there were an unspoilt man here he would not wait for the second message pool made no answer and desired to make none insult is better than courtesy from the like of him thought he will you stir and come down before you hear it said the herald even for the timorous and the cowardly it will be a worse message than the first pool looked out towards the west the sun was still hidden behind clouds if not gone down then very near the going i will run no risks he thought there are the behests of rhiannon to consider here is the message then said the herald the queen will lay dovered waste and leave nothing alive within your borders between the tiwi and the tivy and the sea as for you she will stay while you mount and speed forth and ride to the head of the valley and after it will be well if you are able to escape from her hunting rhiannon spoke truly thought pool it is not easy to withstand these subtle devices if night would only come and give me sure news of the sun's setting blows will be better than words when it comes to awakening the craven he struck pool on the forehead with the flag-spear so that blood flowed and worse than the blood flowing was the flapping of the folds of the flag in his face the touch of them filled him with sudden sickness and loathing so that the sweat broke from him and his whole frame trembled it passed and a cold wind blew down upon him body and soul the air was alive with whisperings and threatenings of evil the whole hostility of unfathomed abred seemed to have gathered there even blodwin ran to him shivering and whinnying in her terror and she tugged at his cloak with her teeth for the first time since she was foaled the desire for flight overtook her before his own vision the picture of arbeth rose up and a longing for it indeed a longing for the whole of the rest of the world it seemed clean and lacking corruption lacking some cold corrupting evil that crowded about him there on gorseth arbeth little this abkilcoid knows concerning the customs of the cymry and precedent among kings and the courtesies of war thought he stroking blodwin's neck to put courage into her our place is here thine and mine he thought and without words she understood him wilt thou go fool cried the herald pool was as far as ever from stirring or making answer 
then the other turned and went back swiftly to the queen and Puil saw the third of her warriors sent forth by her and ascending the hillside towards the throne Puil penannan said that one time it is for you to be considering prudent wisdom Puil made no answer over strong are the enchantments no one would prevent the coming in of the armies the message that is sent to you is this escape you quickly while you may Puil made no answer since you heed not that message heed this secret one of my own said the other out of regard for your fame is this spoken neither by watching here nor by indiscriminate warfare in the roadway will there be keeping out yonder armies yet there might be saving dovered with a counsel that i shall give you to be followed Puil made no answer the hosts will go forward as soon as i shall have returned to them but if there were a warrior here that had trust in the strength of his limbs and in the firmness of his soul and in his magnanimity and heroic might he would go down and meet them in the road and call for the one who is the chief of his enemies and if he made combat with that one and slew him it might well be that the whole army would obey him afterwards it would not be impossible for you to accomplish that go back to the one that sent you said Pool. well known to me are the machinations of abkilcoid the army cannot go forward beyond this unwise is this out of friendship and esteem the counsel is given it will be seen whether the army can go forward or not with that he turned and made his way down the hillside Puil looked westward surely the sun would be at his setting or even well past it by now it was impossible to see by reason of the gathering of clouds there it might be as he said thought he undoubtedly these enchantments are powerful furthermore it would be the best service for the immortals but one to destroy this prince out of Uffer. he called blodwyn and took the bridle in his hand as he watched there may be praise and renown and glory for the enemy out of this he said even if the watching has been in vain he saw the one that had counselled him speak to the queen and saw her turn and give orders to her captains he heard the battle trumpets sound and saw the host move forward he watched eagerly until it was certain that they were moving until the foremost of them had passed then he said indeed i made little of the warnings of rhiannon i spoke to the herald and that will have empowered them to do this exultation and delight filled him that now he should be striking blows and not suffering contumely in silence to horseback with him and away in a thunder of hoofs down the western slope of the hill by heaven he thought fighting may serve even if the spells and wisdom of rhiannon were not strong enough he laughed out loud and proudly raised his war-shout fighting is a thousand times better diversion than watching thought he it will not be said that the demetians were without a victorious protector oh man cried the queen what unwisdom has taken you for what reason have you left the throne on gorseth arbeth for the sake of fighting have i left it said he that i may save this land from you and from your guiles and machinations and enchantments not easily shall any one out of Uffern make his entry into Dovard with armies. Let the son of Kilcoid come forward, and as many as he may desire with him. She pointed with her spear to the head of the Gorseth. Yes, she said, he has come. Pua looked up. 
there was a man standing before the throne there and his two arms raised towards the sky a black cloud blown up out of the east came down over the gorseth hiding the throne and the one that held it then it blew out over the whole heaven covering dovered from the sky westward before its oncoming there was a little cloudless space on the sky edge there pool saw the last gleam of the sun's rim as it went down over the brink of the world it is the army of cluid ab kilcoid said the queen it seemed to pool penannan that he had never known the nature of sorrow until then who art thou o princess that hast made this trial of me i am malen rudgochren she said all warfare among men is entrusted to me by the immortals for what reason is dovered harried by thy hosts for what reason are the homesteads burned might not the trial have been made of me and disgrace and dishonour imposed without working this injury against the demetians it was dreams and enchantment said she the homesteads are not burned the herds have not been harried none of the demetians have fled before me i have other needs for my men than to be harrying the people of this island dreams and imaginings have troubled thee with that she turned to her host lifting her spear and a great sad call was blown from her trumpets and men and horses and battle-cars they all rose up into the air and were carried in a streaming pomp of scarlet and golden cloud over the mountains westward pool knew that a second time trial had been made of him by the gods and that the second time he had failed to carry out the behests of the daughter of hevaith he rode up to the head of the gorseth seeking the man that had brought in the armies of cluid but could find no one then he went back sorrowfully into arberth in the feast that night there was a silence and lack of ease with every one even the songs of the birds of rhiannon the two that were remaining of them was without joy in the midst of it there came a clap of thunder and a shaking of the casements and a sudden waning of the light of the torches when they burned up again it was clear to every one that half the delight of his life had left him there were no magical birds among the rafters adenfuinach had fallen down into the lap of rhiannon but make what search they might there was no sign of adenlunach the beautiful to be found anywhere in sorrow the feasting came to an end i knew that it would not have been easy to succeed said rhiannon the desire of his life had overtaken daniel durug to take his place upon the gorseth before sunset and he came up behind the throne at noonday and concealed himself there and as soon as you went down to the war queen he came forward and met with heavy blows and violence and empowered abkilcoid to bring in his host Daniel Drug, he will be indeed from this out. Is there any requiting you? Is there any taking steps against Cluid? No, she said, but the third chance will be given you. For what reason did Malin come? For what reason are the immortals conspiring? Undoubtedly they are conspiring to bring about good, she said. I shall never hear you speak such evil as to accuse the immortal kindred. That is true, said Poole on me alone is the blame from that out 
there were plots and hatred being raised against Rhiannon, and a growth of grumbling and unmanly ill-will, such had never been known among the Cymri, between the Tui and the Tyvi and the sea. The queen, they whispered, was no more than of the soulless race of the woods and the mountains, and her spells were luring Pool away from his kinghood, even from his humanity. There was no finding the source of such rumours, and no one with the daring to speak them aloud. Much less could anyone be found who would raise up armies against her. Yet, before the year was out, it was clear to everyone that there would be few faithful left in Dovid, and few retaining the magnanimous manhood of the Cymri, beyond, indeed, those hundred chief warriors that had been with Pool Penannon in the country of the immortals. End of Part 11